Folks, so just before I, before I bring the word, good morning, good morning. Before I bring the word, I just want to share something that I was impressed by the Lord on my heart. I was doing worship, I was reminded of, uh, I think it was end of 2019, December 2019, um, a friend of mine, uh, Rob Griffin and, and myself, we took some boys, it was my son's birthday party and he wanted to go for a hike and sleep in a cave in the Drakensberg, so we took, I think there were five or six boys and they were about 12 years old or something, 11, 12, and we took them and as we started hiking that morning, so we drove from here up to the Drakensberg early, early. When we got there, it was drizzling. And as we hiked, it just rained and poured and poured. And we were hiking up this valley to a cave um, up the Underberg side of the, of the Drakensberg. And, and it was absolutely bucketing down. I mean, the, the paths were just little streams of water and we were deliciously wet, and we came to a river crossing. And this is a river that usually is not that wide. I mean, maybe from here to the edge of the hall. So what's that, you know, maybe five meters. And usually it's just ankle deep, and you can, you know, usually you just take your shoes off and you, you know, you walk through. It's not a problem, really not a problem. We got to this river after, I mean, this was probably close to midday. I mean, it was a good day's walk up to the cave. And this thing was in flood. And instead of ankle deep, it was waist deep on me. And we have a bunch of 11, 12-year-olds that we got to get through, Rob and I. And we looked at that and we were like, sure, how do we do this? And we were convinced there's no ways any one of us could cross that river by themselves. But together we could. And so we firstly, we scanned the river for a relatively safe place. Firstly, that we could get down. The conventional crossing was just, it was, it, it was unsafe. So we found further down a place that we thought was safe uh, where we could get down in the river. And we basically, the only way we could do it, as I said, was together. And how we did it, Rob and I, we each had walking sticks. And we walked carefully together with our stick having three legs to the middle of the river, Rob and I, standing about a meter and a half apart. And then we told the boys they had to come, but they had to make a chain, and they had to walk upstream of us, and we were standing downstream to help them that if their legs or if they slipped, we could catch them. And so they're holding each other, and we are also just, so they're going just upstream of us, so that if they get washed, we will catch them. And we're holding their hands and we're helping them through as they go. And it was quite an operation. Um, the water was freezing cold. But it was, you know, it was one of those things that, you know, it's deliciously exciting and dangerous. And, and afterwards it was like that was such an adventure. But while you're doing it, you're thinking, oh my goodness, I hope we don't have a disaster here. And it all worked out fine. At the end of the story, it all worked out fine. We all made it through and we all lived to tell the story. But... We couldn't have crossed that river by ourselves. And I was just thinking, you know, folks, we were singing the song about, I don't know, we're singing a song, and then that picture of the river, I think that's what made me think, or that background of the river, made me think of that river crossing. Folks, we can do things we can't do by ourselves, or we think we can't do by ourselves when we do it with others. And I want, I want to encourage you, you know, the, the tragic thing, the last two and a half years through COVID, 
I think everybody's lives have become more difficult, more challenging. And, you know, when you face more challenges, you actually need people around you more. And COVID has actually detached people from each other, the very people that enables them to handle the, the more numerous storms that we've got to face. They're actually more detached, and they're people trying to cross rivers all by themselves, and they're getting washed away. And I'm like, what a tragedy. What a tragedy. You know, the sad thing is, you know, I mean, stats in America, church attendance is down from pre-COVID levels. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. Surely you need more people. Surely we should have more people in church post-COVID than pre-COVID. It doesn't make sense to me. There's been a detachment from, from vital life-giving relationships. And just as those boys could have never, individually those boys, maybe Rob and I could have crossed by ourselves carefully, very carefully with a walking stick we could have crossed, with a heavy pack on our back also just to weigh us down so our feet don't wash. But those, those boys couldn't have done it. Folks, there are things you can't do by yourself. God never intended you to do it by yourself. But with others you can. And so I was just so impressed by that picture. And I, and I, want, us, I want us to pray. You don't have to stand. But if you can reach and t- grab somebody's hand. You don't have to stand. You don't have to reach across the aisle if it's, if it's uncomfortable. The aisle's too wide. But won't you, Jen, won't I? Can I hold your hand, love? This is, this is one of my river crossing buddies, by the way. <laughs> if you don't know, this is my wife, Okay. Yeah, no, I'm going to stay in the camera. I'm going to stay in the camera. Otherwise, Google is going to be cross with me. Okay? And Amu will edit this part out of the video in any case. Lord Jesus, as we just, as a prophetic act, grab hands of people next to us, some we know, some we don't know, it doesn't matter. God, we thank you. I thank you for this hand that I'm holding, Lord. And I, and I symbolically, Lord, I grab a hold of other hands as well. Lord, thank you that... When we help each other, we can get through the river crossings that by ourselves often we can't. God, I pray for a divine reconnection, Lord, of all the disconnections that happened through COVID. All the independent stuff that was just worked in us through through that storm we went through. God, undo that independent thing, Father. Lord, a codependency, a healthy interdependence is how you've called us to live. Not a dependence, but a healthy interdependency where... We help each other through the river crossings. God, build, rebuild these connections, God, that we can go through river crossings that in the natural and in the supernatural we couldn't by ourselves. But because you've called us to walk in community, we can, Lord. So thank you for this hand, Lord, and all the other hands that I could be holding right now. Bless these hands. Thank you. Thank you, God, for spiritual family in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, folks. Thank you. So that was a bonus. That was just, uh, that wasn't um, planned. So the word this morning that I want to bring to you, I've entitled it Wholeness, and we've got slides for you. And uh, it's, of course, it's Wholeness Hashtag One, because there is, I think, going to be a part two and maybe a three, and how long, who knows, Lord knows how far we'll go. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, was surprised at how much meaning there is in this word wholeness. You know, if, we, if I had to go around and ask you what does wholeness mean to you, we'll have so many different meanings. And then I did some research, oh my goodness, and uh, I can't believe how much depth there is to this word 
And also, let me just tell you, there's some weird and wonderful things uh, in there. I read some of them to my wife, and she couldn't believe how some people define wholeness. But uh, here's a good scripture for you. Psalm 18, verse 20, the Message Bible. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before Him. Now, wholeness speaks about completeness. That's why I like this scripture. It speaks about a completeness as opposed to pieces. And that scripture speaks about pieces. And I want to submit to you. You know, folks, we go through life, it's like some pieces are, are getting detached. You know what kind of pieces, when you know you, you, you need some work on, you need to work on your soul? You know, when there are some emotions that are just like way out there, like off the charts, it's like, whoa, okay, there's a piece that we need to deal with, okay? When you have some, some thoughts, some anxiety, some fears that are just like, oh, wow, it's this is, this is, this is dangerous. Folks, we need to do some work on our soul. And I'm, I'm speaking about this because... A number of reasons. Uh, firstly, this week we did some planning as a staff team and as our core team. And just in preparation, Jenny had watched a, a podcast and she shared it with me and I shared it with a team. And this, a leader was speaking to leaders and he was speaking about, um, yeah, about going forward. And, and one of the first things he said, listen, if you're going to, if you're going to go forward... You need to get healed. Now, he's speaking to Christian leaders. He said, you need to get healed. And he said, what we've gone through in the world in the last few years through COVID, we've all experienced losses. Now, some losses are obvious. Some of us lost loved ones through COVID. And that's a no-brainer. They've experienced loss. But folks, some of us have lost dreams. Some of us have faced major disappointments because things didn't work out. Things just didn't work full stop. Things just ground to a halt. And many of us had plans. I mean, I remember making plans in 2020 about what a great year 2020 was going to be. How many of you remember those plans? <laughs> what 2020, the year of plenty, I remember. Do you remember those words? And then COVID, it's like, okay, scratch that one out. Okay. But folks... We've all experienced loss. The question is, have you processed your loss? Have you processed your disappointments? Folks, we need to seek healing. We need, to, we need whole souls. And I mean that in, a, in the biblical sense. And so, we're sitting towards the end of the year, and this is a good time to reflect on what you've been through in the last season of your life. It's a good time to say, God, I need wholeness in my soul. I'm going to come to defining it a little bit later in my message. But folks, wholeness, I believe, is something God wants for us. But sometimes we don't even see God. We don't even have faith for God to make us whole because we just keep running. And we silence those areas of our lives that are mm, not nice, difficult to deal with, etc. And we just, we just keep going. And it's like, oh man, 20, in 2023 it'll be fine. But you've got all this stuff that you haven't dealt with. And so I want to say, come on a journey with us of seeking wholeness and i'm trusting you'll have faith and trust god to invite you to invite him into spaces that maybe it is difficult i'm not saying this is easy but i'm saying wholeness is worth it 
You know, this, the, this, the, the sad thing is that hurt people hurt people. Have you heard that statement? And who, who enjoys being hurt and who enjoys being the one who's hurting others? I don't. So let's, let's go on this journey. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before Him. Will you bring those pieces? Those pieces that are difficult, those pieces that are not nice, those pieces that are, oh God, I don't want to go there again. That was sore. Will you bring the pieces to Him so He can make you complete? Complete is another word for wholeness. On the next slide, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, also Message Bible says, May God Himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole. Oh, I was excited when I found that word. Holy and whole. Make you holy and whole. Put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of our Master, Jesus Christ. Now, he speaks here about three parts of our being, spirit, soul, and body. That's a biblical description of how, who we are, spirit, soul, and body, make you holy and whole. Folks, this is... Paul the Apostle in Thessalonians, he's praying for this church, for these people. He's saying, may God make you holy and whole. This is an apostolic prayer. He's, he's writing under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit inspiring to write this prayer in this letter to the Thessalonians. May God make you holy and whole. And I believe this is what God is saying. His prayer, his desire is for you to be holy and whole. Amen. Are you okay to embrace God's plan for your life? To be holy and whole? Are you okay to just you know, be in pieces? Um, let's, let's embrace what God has for us. Okay, I've got a definition now for you for wholeness. And this is it. Wholeness is the state of being well or healed in all dimensions. Body, soul, in brackets defining the soul, Mind, will, and emotions, and spirit. Okay, it's body, soul, and spirit, but the soul is our mind, will, and emotions. We often look at that. That if you want to know a Bible-believing Christian, how do you look at the different parts of how you made up, how God created you? That's it. Body, soul, and spirit, and our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Folks, all of those dimensions are God's zone. This is God's stuff. God is okay with emotions. He's okay with your mind, will, etc., these are the pieces that we need to bring to God. Amen? It is being a state of being well or healed in all dimensions. That's why I shared the podcast that Jenny shared when, when he spoke to leaders and he said your first job as a leader is to make sure you're healed. It's to make sure you're healed. The scripture, Psalm 18 verse 20. I put verse 20 up on the first slide, but this goes further. When God made my life complete, when I placed all the pieces before Him, and we've looked at the different pieces, dimensions of our being, I feel put back together. <laughs> Isn't that a beautiful description? I feel put back together. How many of you sometimes you feel, oh God, would you put me back together? I feel there's a part of me over there and there's another part of me there. And especially, folks, oh my goodness, if... if I mean, for me personally, if you've, if you've had to go through some conflict, you know when you have to go through some, it feels like there are pieces of you all over the place. It's like, oh, I need to put, be put back together. You kind of like, you know, I get a picture of, you know those, 
when you were a kid, played Lego. I don't know. I, I played Lego. My, we never had Lego. My friends, my friends had Lego, and I always went to go play Lego with them. And one of my, the things, I just always wanted to make airplanes with Lego. And, um, but I, the, the, the airplane, for me, it always had to be perfectly symmetrical. I mean, one wing can't be longer than the other. So, you know, you're playing with it, and you crash... And you've got to put the pieces back together. Oh my goodness. And that one piece that just makes that one wing. I'm looking all over for that piece because the, the airplane will not fly. My plane will not fly if it's not put back together if all the pieces are there. Amen. And then you feel sometimes you go through life and you feel, oh man, I just, I just had a smash. There's some pieces of mine. This verse, I feel put back together and I'm watching my step. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. Folks, God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. Folks, he rewrote the text of your life. Folks, there's a narrative that God has for your life. And it's a beautiful story. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future, says the Lord God Almighty. Amen. That is uh, Jeremiah 29.11. Yes, I was remembering the 11. I was like, what chapter in Jeremiah? 29.11. It's on our wall in our lounge. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. God rewrote the text of my life. Does the enemy have a story for your life? Yes. Does he want you to believe his story? Absolutely. And folks, sometimes we can tune into the wrong story for, for our lives. You know, when you just get in a negative thought and you think, oh my goodness, you know, this plane's going to crash and burn and whatever. That's the enemy's story for your life. That's not God's story. This is, when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes, he rewrote the story. Folks, are you okay to open the book of your heart? I'm not saying this is easy. This requires huge trust. This requires intimacy. This requires time with God. Folks, Thursday is a time of waiting on God. Right here, 6 to 8. We put on beautiful music. We clear some of the chairs. Some people bring blankets. They lie down. Some people sit in the chairs. It doesn't matter. But it's a time when we open the book of our heart to His eyes. Say, God, come, rewrite. There's some stuff. There's some story that I'm believing about in my life that I know is from the enemy. God, you need to, you know, use some tippics, scratch out some stuff and rewrite some stuff. Folks, this is, this is God's stuff. Wholeness is a journey with God. I'm not saying I can fix you and nor can my wife. We're amazing, but not that amazing. Amen? We're not God. Amen? But we can certainly help you. But if you're not willing to open... The book of your heart to his eyes. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. I don't know. I don't know if wholeness is possible. I don't know if it's possible. I'm telling you it's possible if you will. Does it require... Is it, is it scary? Yes. Because relationships are scary. Because we need to trust. And we we'll need to allow people in our lives. And sometimes it's easier just to keep everybody out, including God. But that doesn't result in wholeness, folks. If you want God's text for your life, you need to open your heart. Now, before we go into the next uh, section, I want to just give some honor here because this whole message on wholeness that I'm talking about here was inspired by a Bible study I actually did earlier this year. And it's on the U version. It's, on, it's called Wholeness. And it's by uh, Mads. 
Daisel, Mads Daisel. So Mads Daisel is a counselor, South African lady. Actually, um, I think she was at, uh, for many years in Durban. I think she's now in Pretoria. I can't remember exactly. But Mads, uh, I first encountered her material after we had the crazy looting July last year. Uh, she online, we heard about she was doing a trauma counseling course. And we did it. We shared it with many of you. Many of you were, took part of the trauma counseling co- course it was in August last year. It was really good. And, and, and I heard Mads sharing. It was on Zoom, and it was really good. And have been sort of connecting with some of her materials. We've actually personally been emailing her. And, and why? I, Jenny and I have said we also need input to be healed of some of the stuff we've been through. You know, um, the podcast Jenny was sharing, this guy was saying, you know, for many churches, people who were sitting next to you in church in 2019 are not sitting next to you anymore in 2022. And that itself is a major loss that we need to process. And it's not just our church, many churches. Things have shifted, people have moved on. And we've said, and Jen and I have said, we need some input. And so we're busy emailing Mads about trying to get some input, get some counseling, etc. Uh, not because of anything specific. I was inspired by this podcast. He said, leaders, you need to seek input to get healing. So I'm not talking this. We're walking this. So I want to honor Mads and a lot of the the, the basics of what I'm sharing is from the Bible study that that, that she did. And I want to honor, she's got a whole course on on wholeness and she trains counselors in, in how to help people walk in wholeness. Really good stuff. So I just want to honor her for this material and, 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 and say where, where, where some of the stuff is from. So wholeness, firstly, let's just go, go look biblically how God works wholeness in us. And wholeness is a twofold process. Firstly, um, we are justified and declared by God as righteous based on our faith in Christ and the finished work of the cross, what He has done for us. So, so this speaks, this word justified, justification is one of these Bible words that people are like, you know, if you want to impress people, you can say, I'm justified by the, wor- the work of the cross. And people are like, whoa, he's spiritual. <laughs> Does anybody know what he's talking about? <laughs> Please tell me. You know, but justified, I love the simple definition of justified is just as if you haven't sinned. When you come to Jesus, the day you are born again, the day you put your faith in Christ, in the finished week of the cro- work of the cross, that moment you are justified. Okay? Justification happens. It means, it means not just the basics is, it means like, God has wiped all your sins away. But it's so much more. You are transformed um, and translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You are born again. Your spirit is recreated. And everything that Jesus did for you at the cross, for you and me at the cross, is yours. In that moment, boom, your bank account is credited with 10 million zillion spiritual dollars. You are a child of the almighty God. All the angels are, are, are like, whoa, he's, he's a son of God. We've got to watch out for him and her, etc. Radical things happen the moment you are justified. The moment you are born again, the finished work of the cross is yours. Everything he has done for you for um, 10 million years will praise God for what he's done for us at the cross. Justification is a reason to praise God all our days. But that's the first step. The second step is this. Two. 
We are being sanctified, okay? There's another one of those spiritual words. Hey, brother, being sanctified by the Lamb. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this guy's really with it. We are being sanctified through the continuous work of the Holy Spirit, whereby He purifies and renews us into the image of God. This is what He's doing in us. So the first one in brackets there, I put what He has done for us. And the second one is what the Holy Spirit is doing in us every day of the year, going forward, working in us. What does it say there? Uh, purifying us, that's holiness, and renews us into the image of God. The process of being transformed into His image. Okay? And so it's important. You know, what, what I find so sad is sometimes people think it's one or the other. You know, for example, the first one, justification, the finished work of the cross, especially Bible teachers, they love this one. They want to tell you everything Jesus did for you at the cross, and it's finished, and there's nothing you can do for it. And if you can just get this teaching, this teaching that I'm telling you right now, then you'll be fine, okay? But then, uh, sanctification, you get those people who are, especially people who are in counseling ministries, etc. Their emphasis is in what God is working in you, purifying you, transforming you into His image. And their emphasis is in the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit. And folks, it's not either or. You don't have to choose. You know the devil likes to come to us with illegitimate choices. You've got to choose justification or sanctification. No, no, no. It's both yours. Amen? Get all the Bible teaching you can on the finished work of the cross. And when you get that, it's amazing. But there's also walking with the Holy Spirit daily. Him showing you things and walking and purifying you and cleansing and transforming you into the image of Christ. It's both. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Just get it all. Amen? It's all yours in the kingdom. Amen? And so I've, I've really wrestled with this at times because some people are so like, it's just this or just that. It's not. It's both. It's all yours. It's all ours. Amen? And so it's so important that we understand this. The, on the, uh, the, just carry on there. This twofold transformation is therefore, firstly, positional. I am a child of God. Because of the work of the cross, my faith in Jesus has transformed everything about my destiny and my origin. And I just I'm, I'm radically changed. But it's also too progressive. I am becoming more like Jesus. I am, but I'm also becoming. I am, but I'm also on a journey. I am, and I haven't arrived, and that's okay. Nor have you arrived, and I'm okay with that. Aren't you glad that we're okay that you haven't arrived because you haven't got my teaching on what Jesus did for you at the cross? It's okay. I haven't got all of it. We need 10,000 million years in the heaven to get all the understanding of it, and I'm going to continue teaching on what Jesus did for you at the cross, but I'm also on a journey daily with the Holy Spirit highlighting things to me. Hey, son, that area, so we need to work on that. That attitude, that attitude stinks over there. Oh, yes, okay. That is That attitude is right now, and yes, the cross will help me, but I need to listen to the Holy Spirit and repent of that bad attitude. Amen? So it's both. It's both an, a, a, a present reality. He's done so much for you, but it's also a walking with the Holy Spirit becoming more like Jesus. Amen? Can we embrace both and not like either or? Okay? It's both. So, there we go. So, Wholeness in Scripture. Firstly, Hebrews 10.14 says this. By one sacrifice, He has made perfect forever. Okay, there is I am. Okay, that's justification. He has made perfect. You have been made perfect, Awonke. Just carry on, my man. Just relax. Okay, have a cup of tea. You've arrived. But it says here, those who are being made holy. In one verse, we have justification and sanctification. There's a lot He has done for Awonke. Amen. 
But he's also being made holy, just like you and me. It's both. I love that verse. Justification and sanctification. There's so much he's done for you. You are amazing in Christ. A beautiful daughter of the Most High God. Amen. But he's also busy making you even more beautiful. Amen. Philippians 1 verse 6, next scripture. He who began a good work in you, began, that's what the work of the cross will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. There's a journey. There's a, there's a journey of transformation at the same time. Amen? It's both. So let's understand. This is the foundation. We're talking about wholeness. It, we do not look for wholeness outside of the finished work of the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't promise you transformation. If you want to say... Cheers, Holy Spirit. Or you want to say, I don't need the cross. I'm sorry. I can't promise you transformation. You may be able to, you know, get a bit of change in your life, but you are not going to be able to put the pieces together if you don't embrace the cross and the work of the Holy Spirit. The work of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit, folks, we need them both. Amen? So I'm, I'm telling you, as a Bible-believing Christian, as somebody who walks with God, this is the basics. Amen? So I'm not coming up here and saying, okay, I'm giving you a fancy new way to change your life. It doesn't involve the Bible, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I, I mean, there are good ways that you can change some stuff. But to change your core and really change, we have to do it biblically. Amen? So being a Bible-believing church, we absolutely embrace all of the above. Now, I want to share something that Mads Daisel shared with us. And I've heard these kind of things, and I love it. And I want to share, I actually have not changed anything this, this, as she presented. And, and, and I said to Jen, you know, I was like, sure, I've, I've seen many similar teachings to this. And I don't think, and I don't think biblically you can define it just this or like that. But I think this is quite, quite neat, um, how she shares. Three core attributes that make us human. Three core attributes that make us human. Firstly, love. Okay? Now, okay, Bible is full of love. We know that's important. Love. Every single human being desires to love and be loved. It's one of the core human needs that we have is to be loved and to show love. There is just, there's just, there's not, you can't, Take it out of us. People, and, and so often people will mess up their lives, particularly in just crazy relationships. Why? Because there's a deep desire for love, to be loved, and to show love. And so, this is so fundamental. In 1 John 4 verse 8, it says, God is love. It's, it's, just, it's just who He is. And in Genesis 1 27, uh, first book of the Bible, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Folks, if God is love and we create an image of God, do you find it, well, I don't find it surprising that we have such a, think of a, you know the heart, the classic heart-shaped hole inside of us? We desire love because we were made by a God of love whose nature is love. And so, please, one of the biggest mistakes people make is seeking love in the wrong places. And if they can't find love, you try and numb the pain through all kinds of crazy addictions to numb the pain of our soul crying out for love. It's so fundamental to the, to the human soul. And folks, fundamentally, if God is love, where do we need to go 
to first and foremostly find love. It's God himself. We've got to find love in God. You know, one of the biggest things we're having a time of waiting on God, soaking, whatever you want to call it, on Thursday. You know, the test me is when we started soaking a couple of years ago. One of the, the consistent test me's was people said, we just felt so loved by God. You know, you take time with God. You know, the, the crazy thing is people think that, you know, you spend time with God. You know, the first thing he's going to do is highlight, you know, all the faults and foibles and pieces and things. So often people are surprised by love. That you come to him and he's not worried about the pieces that are not attached and we all messed up. He ministers love. And, and you know, when you know you loved, it's okay to then say, okay, Lord, let's talk about that piece of Lego of my, you know, lying over there. Lord, can we reattach it over here? He is so amazing that way. The next point, three core attributes that make us human is purpose. Now, Mad speaks about purpose. I want to put the word calling there because we've just done a series on calling and you all uh, know that and listen to that series. Every single human being wants to know what their purpose for being alive is. When God created human beings, there was an intentionality to His plan for us. That intentionality is the blueprint behind our drive for purpose and meaning. Folks, you want to know why you are here, what you were made for. And it's different to the desire for love. And I want to say they're both important. Again, you don't have to choose. The sad thing is, folks, purpose can be so intoxicating. You can find a purpose. You get a dream for a particular course of study or career or business idea. And you just want to go for it. You're so intoxicated by this thing and you forget you need love. And before, you know, after a couple of years pursuing your business, your dream, etc., you know, your wife and kids are like, who's this guy? And it's like, did you forget that you also need love? So it's not a choice. It is both. Genesis 2.15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Folks, in the Garden of Eden, this is before the fall. It's perfect. You know, there was no death. There was no, it was just perfection. The birds sang all day so beautifully. Uh, I mean, you know, it was just perfection. In that space, God said, keep the garden. Work the garden. Folks, work is not totally related to the fall. Before the fall... There is something in every man and woman when you sense this is where God wants you, me to be. This is my garden. Folks, for some of us, it's your family. You have such a conviction that my family is my garden. The reason I'm here is for my family. Folks, that's God's stuff. And you tend your family. You care for your family. You pray for your family. You love your family. You provide for your family. That's God's stuff, folks. That's God's stuff. Let's go on. Three core attri attributes that make us human. Value. Oh, I like this one. Value. Every single human being wants to know their value. However, we can only experience our value in the context of relationships with God and each other. Our highest understanding of value is underpinned by the truth that God desires a relationship with you. 
Folks, value, understanding your value comes through relationships. And the sad thing is that many of us, for many of us, we've had destructive relationships that have just eroded our value, our personal value of, of, of how we see ourselves. It's so sad. I mean, I, I'm telling you, I've always been so mad and, and, and I've always been an anti-bully kind of a guy. Now, at, at school, I was quite a tall guy. Uh, I mean, you may find that surprising, but I, at school, I was quite tall. <laughs> you know, and, and now, the, the, because I was quite tall and I was fast and etc., guys never used to bully me. But my goodness, if there was a bully teasing somebody, it just provoked something inside of me. And so I hated bullying, not because I was a victim of it that much. I mean, nobody, I mean, you all experience nasty people. I mean, my brother, my brother sent me this. Um, he sends lots of memes, like three or four a day. And he sent me one just recently. And he said, I have found the answer to life. Avoid all idiots. <laughs> and we don't call people names, I know that. But, but, but you know, there are some times that just that label, just, it, it seems to just want to fit. Um, you know, tell you another funny story. Okay, I see, you, I see you guys can laugh. I'm glad you can laugh at church. And I've told this one before, the guys know it. I've told this at Men's Connect. Um, this little girl, she usually goes to school with her, with her dad. And this one morning, dad's away. So she goes to school with her mom. And uh, anyway, that night they're chatting and dad's asking, how was it going to school with your mom? And she said, dad, it was so nice. She said, you know, I've noticed something. When mommy takes me to school, there are no idiots on the road. <laughs> yeah, you know, if the cap fits, wear it. Jen, pass that cap. <laughs> When mommy takes me to school, there are no idiots on the road. I totally understand. Okay? And I was like, Lord, examine my heart. <laughs> this says our highest understanding of value is underpinned by the truth that God desires relationship with you. Folks, remember, value is determined by the price somebody is willing to pay for something. Folks, what was the price that your Father in Heaven was willing to pay for your life. He said, I will give my Son. The price of Jesus' life is the price the Father paid for you. Does that speak to you about value? But it says over here, we can only experience our value in the context of relationships with God and each other. You know, I was thinking about these three attributes of being human. Being loved, Knowing your purpose and being valued. And you know, the thing about love is you can love, you know, the God kind of love, unconditional love. You can love someone even if they don't bring value to your life. I mean, think of a newborn baby. Newborn babies, let me tell you, are a lot of hard work, lot of, lot of lack of sleep, and it's just work. You know, it's like, how much value are you adding to my life? I love you. I just, you are really causing strain in my life, okay? A classic example of 
loving somebody who isn't actually adding value to your life. You see, why is value so important? Because, you know, you can have somebody who loves you, but they may not value you. And it's through relationships that value is communicated. And I want to ask you, do you have relationships in your life? You know, there's some people that you love them, but you actually want to keep them at arm's length because you just know they're not healthy for you. Boundaries. Okay, we speak a lot, we've spoken a lot about boundaries. Some people, folks, you actually need to say, I love you, but at a distance. But then there are people that add value to you and you add value to them. And folks, let's communicate value. You know, we had a night of thanks, I mean, two, three weeks ago for all our volunteers. We want to communicate how much we value you. And it's in relationship that you get value. That's why, you know, the tragedy of COVID and this independence, I can just Zoom church and Zoom everything and I can, I'm okay by myself. Your value is slowly being eroded day by day because you don't have relationships in your life that can communicate how valuable and precious and needed you are to others. You are needed and people need you. Relationships. Genesis 2.18 Then the Lord God said, It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. To deal with this aloneness, the Lord brought Eve into Adam's life. I will make him a helper fit for him. Folks, I want to say to you, there are people that God has in His divine plan created to come alongside you. It may be a spouse, but it may not. Brothers and sisters that God has created, made for you, to enable you to fulfill your calling, for you to know you loved, and for you to know that you have value. Don't cut good people out of your life. Amen? Don't cut God good people out of your life. We need people to affirm our value. I want to conclude with, with um, the next slide. Genesis 2.25 The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. They were naked and they felt no shame. Folks, now you may think, well, you know, husband and wife, not a problem. Folks, remember God was right there. They were naked before God and they felt no shame. They didn't even, it didn't compute that they didn't have clothes. Of course, after the fall, they wanted to cover themselves and hide from God. That's what sin does. Sin makes you want to hide. The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. In my notes. They had nothing to fear, nothing to hide, nothing to cover up, completely and utterly vulnerable, exposed yet so secure in this space. By this account, we learn what it means to be secure in our relationship with God, to know the truth of your value to know how loved we are, and then to learn to live purposefully from this position. To know you loved. To know you have value. Folks, that is fuel to your purpose, to your mission, to your calling in life. That says, I can do it. Of course I can. I have value. I have what it takes. I'm loved. I'm appreciated. I'm celebrated. 
I can do this thing. And it's not the end of my notes, but that is where I want to go to this morning. The man and his wife were both naked, yet they felt no shame. Folks, is it important to deal with our sin? Absolutely. Because sin brings shame, condemnation, guilt, makes us want to run from the one who we need to get love from, from the one that gives us value, the one that gives us our purpose and our calling. Sin smashes love in your life, smashes your value, smashes your purpose in your life. It's just so destructive. Do you understand why God is like, hey, we need to deal with this. And so folks, I want us to have a moment where I want to ask that we, we can maybe pray with somebody next to us. You know, I had this strong conviction and picture of crossing a river with others. And I know some of you are right now saying, oh my goodness, I don't know who I'm going to pray with. Just trust God in this. Because the person next to you is probably feeling exactly the same thing about you. Like, who are they safe to pray with? And I want us to just spend a few minutes praying for each other. I'm not saying you need to share anything that you're feeling uncomfortable with. But can we pray this, folks? These needs, we all have deep needs of the soul. You're going to pray for the person next to you that they would find love, they would find purpose, they would find value. Firstly, in their relationship with God. And secondly, with people they can trust. It may not be you, but you can pray for your friend that they would. Can we pray for each other? Let's not just talk this uh, walking with each other stuff. Let's do it. Can we do it? Join us every Thursday for prayer from half past five to half past six. That happens at church, 154 Burkard Road, as well as on Zoom. If you would like any further information or would like to receive this link, please do contact us. Our details are below.